This is a CQ University Australia podcast, where we talk to some of the university's interesting characters. Today we're talking with nursing professor and simulation expert, Kerry Reed Searle. Good morning, Kerry. Good morning. Can you tell us um, a little bit about where you grew up and your family life and what life was like as a child? Sure. So I grew up in Tasmania. Um, I had a very happy, secure uh, childhood uh, growing up with an identical twin sister, um, my, an older sister, a brother, and my mum. My dad passed away at a very early age, um, so I was six when he passed away. Um, but we grew up in a small place in, as I say, in Tasmania, and, yeah, pretty uncomplicated, really. And school? You... Yes, I went to uh, uh, some state schools and then uh, went on to matriculation college in Hobart and then always desired to be a National Parks Ranger, so I did a lot of volunteering sort of in that capacity and uh, always had an absolute passion for art. So my early college years was uh, going into art school and um, didn't bring really much money. So uh, from there I, I moved on into nursing. I didn't ever really plan to do nursing. Okay, so um, did you go to university to do nursing? Okay, so yeah, so I started at St John's Hospital in Hobart, Tasmania. It's a private hospital. I did my first three years of nursing there. And then I decided that I'd like to travel beyond. So I went to Thursday Island, which is right up the north of Australia, and started to run... I worked in Thursday Island Hospital initially for, for 12 months or so and decided that I'd like to do remote area nursing in the Outer Islands. And um, they said, oh, no, you're actually uh, not qualified enough. You need to be a midwife to be able to do that. And so I thought, OK. So I left Thursday Island, actually, with my kayak and started paddling around the Fijian Islands. And when I was over there, um, I got a telegram to say, actually, you can have a job in the Outer Islands. So I came back to the Torres Strait and I worked in the remote area as a remote area nurse in the Outer Islands for quite a few years. That's extraordinary. So what was so special about those times? The special things about those times was the ability to engage and communicate with people at the ground level. And certainly um, whilst I initially didn't ever think that nursing was for me, I soon discovered nursing was absolutely the core of what I wanted to do. And I think it was there that I established a passion for learning and teaching because it was the ability to engage with Um, people um, of different backgrounds and really fine-tuning the art of communication and best ways of teaching about health promotion and health education as well as giving direct patient care. So, yeah, that's where my passion came and from there I thought, okay, well, I might go and do midwifery after all. So I then went to Townsville and I did my midwifery at Kerwin Hospital there And from there I went back into Indigenous communities, Aboriginal communities at Cherbourg. And then my husband, of course I met him up in the Outer Islands, and he decided that he was going to, he was working in Cherbourg, also in the the Torres Straits, and he decided that he'd come to Rockhampton to teach at Rockhampton High. So I thought, okay, well there's a good idea. And then I started a degree. And then I tapped into the doors here at CQ University, that's many years ago, 26 years ago, and asked if there was any opportunity of teaching in the laboratories or facilitating students. 
And there it was. I started my degree. Then I thought, that's enough. I won't do any after that. Then started a master's degree and then continued on with a PhD. And I am still here 26 years later. That's extraordinary. So what is it about teaching nursing that, um, that you love so much? I guess as a child, um, I didn't always see the way teachers wanted me to learn. And so I struggled sitting behind a desk and was often in my own little world, but when it came to art and drama and different ways of learning and teaching, I was absolutely immersed and engaged. And I thought at that point in my life that there's different ways of being able to engage. And I think that was really captured for me in the outer islands of the Torres Straits and also in some of the Indigenous communities that I worked. I guess then um, I came back into this classroom space and I thought there's different ways of engaging learners in this space. We don't need to be behind chalk and talk and behind desks. How else can I engage? So I started experiencing or experimenting, I guess, in role play, a lot of role play, um, and found that I had some amazing responses from that. Hmm. And I guess enter Mask Ed. Yes, yeah, so Mask Ed is, as you know, is a, a teaching uh, simulation approach, I guess. Uh, some would uh, argue that it's own, its own pedagogy. but So Mask Ed is essentially where the educator transforms into another person and through the use of silicon props then emerges as a new character. But the character has a really strong history that allows them to be the platform for learning and teaching. So Mask Ed then allowed me to go into a classroom space with me, the hidden educator, behind these silicon props that could teach and navigate uh, the learning opportunities for students. And the response was amazing for students. So just to give you an example, you know, Muriel Moore, she's my retired matron, so she's a lovely lady and she likes to engage with the students and she's got a whole story to tell. And she's always guiding and directing them. And then, of course, there's Stanley Shelby now. He's one of my most favourite characters. And, of course, his grandson's done nursing. And he's had more hospital stays than you've had roast dinners. So, of course, he likes to tell the students what it's like to be the patient but all the way through these characters are special they're gifts in the classroom and they can as I say guide and direct the students through the learning experiences they are coaches they never put students in difficult situations they are affirming they are warm and the students just respond and so the journey of Mask Ed which started inside that classroom space for Rockhampton here at CQ University suddenly exploded and so now we are seeing this this pedagogy or this this modality of simulation moving into other universities throughout Australia, New Zealand, the UK, the US and even Japan. So it's I still pinch myself because it was those little role plays that I started in a classroom to try and engage learners in different ways and always my core focus is about the importance of patient care, respect, regard, and now this modality is so crucial in terms of patient safety. So I guess that's where it came. And then, of course, I had another idea. And my idea was about, okay, so I'm dealing with the big people. How do I deal with the little people? Because I'm also a paediatric nurse. 
So I continue to work on um, a one day a fortnight in the paediatric bay at Rockhampton Hospital. And I thought, okay, the principles of what I'm trying to do through MaskEd of guiding and directing, I can't put on a silicon suit and become a child. So how could I do something differently? So it was the same principles of MaskEd that I put to puppets. And so these puppets transform into little people and the teacher behind guides and directs the little puppets in little experiences. So always the puppets are empathetic with the child. The child navigates or talks to the puppet. The puppet can teach them, guide them and talk about their own experiences. So I guess it, it suspends the learners in disbelief. And so then I thought, hang on, I've got these puppets. We did some research. Infection control was an issue because they're cloth puppets. The children want to touch them. So then I came up with the idea of mixing the silicon with the cloth. And Allah, we have our now world-first silicon procedural puppet. So he works um, both with the students inside the classroom space and now outside in the communities and in hospitals and working with sick children. So the children can now actually do procedures on the puppets. And so the level of control or power, they are the nurse. They're giving it to the puppet, giving the care to the puppet. And so when their turn for care there's a change, and so they feel a little bit more empowered. So that's where we're at at the moment. Just going back to um, Mask Ed a bit, can you just explain for our listeners what it actually looks like, the masks and the silicon, how real are they? Oh, my goodness. They, <laughs> they are very real. So I, I, I guess it's the silicon props are so realistic that people just lose the... Uh, in the process of engaging with me as the character, they know that it's me behind or whoever I'm t- I've taught to be the masked characters. But because the silicon props are so real, they forget. And it's quite a journey that they go through in this, like, struggling. Well, I know it's Kerry behind, but hang on, this person is so real. So it's not only the silicon props, it's working with the voices and it's getting those voices and the mannerisms correct. But we've now gone to the next level, and that is all the body parts. So, Priscilla, I have situations where my students have actually undressed me. They're showering me. They're cathetorising me. And this is where the challenge lies, that there is no other simulation that we know of that allows students to be in such vulnerable spaces with the character in the safety net of a classroom. So there's a whole heap of ethics around this, but the realistic props, students just are are totally immersed inside it. So in other words, what we're now struggling with, what is it that we're actually doing? Because we can't really be the teacher in this space where students are dealing with intimate body parts because a teacher doesn't expose themselves. Is it the coach? Are we coaching through it? But even the coach doesn't get to that level of intimacy. So the characters and the realism of the props and the vulnerability of the characters allow the students this human connection. And it is then through that human connection of the vulnerability of the character that they teach through. But you can't have that without these magnificent, realistic props. So I'm talking genitalia that function. I'm talking breasts. I'm talking every part of that body that makes the person real. Um, And it's not just nursing that this simulation strategy can work with. 
Where um, are you seeing it actually being explored right now? Okay, so we've now got this not only in nursing, but we have it in uh, psychology and social work. We have it in uh, occupational therapy. We have it in physiotherapy. Um, We have been working with the uh, new doctors up here at the local hospital. Um, So really it's stretching into any... Oh, well, we have it even in education. So my husband uh, works on North Keppel Island and they have one of the characters on North Keppel Island who is continually emerging with learners, talking about the history of the place, talking about... Um, the importance of the environment and and the care that children need to consider. The kids write to him and they know he's going to appear at some stage during their their stay on North Keppel Island, which is an environmental centre for children. Um, And so, yeah, so we really are seeing it in in multiple disciplines now. And each of the characters... Um, obviously have their own life story. How do you get that into that? Uh-huh. <laughs> so the life story comes with experience. One, as a nurse, where you have come across wonderful human beings that have touched your soul in some way. So they're forever imprinted. That made a difference to me as a young nurse or me as a, as a nurse with many years of experience. And so always the characters, I say, are gentle, warm, affirming. Um, So I I grab those pieces. Then there might be something about my, for example, my dear grandfather who always loved sweeties. So, of course, one of the characters have always got sweeties in in their left pocket to give to the students because they like them very much. Um, So there's something about them that is quite funny. There's there's a level of humour in these characters which absolutely helps the connection. So those stories come from life experiences, but at the same time, one has to be really careful not to bring too much of self into the characters because then we can see a crossover in terms of boundaries. But also you become so embedded as the character, you you become so immersed that you actually become that person. You also need debriefing after you've experienced a simulation. So we try not to bring too much personal self into the characters. Um, one of your characters um, is a retired butcher? Yes, that's Saul Smith. So Saul is a retired butcher, but his grandson has also done nursing and his granddaughter, believe it or not. But he also worked for the uh, the, the paramedics. He was an ambulance uh, driver for, for many, many years. Of course, the first aid guru, so knows first aid like you wouldn't believe, but he too has had many, many hospital experiences, so he can tell you what it's like. But most of all, he's watched the nurses, the good ones. And he's watched those ones that aren't so good. And he's always reminding the students of the right thing to do. Yes. Hmm. Have you got a favourite character? Yes, I do, actually. My favourite character has to be Stanley, Stanley Shelby. So he's just a, a funny, funny fellow. And he's always got something uh, humorous that he brings to the students. And they quite like him. You know, he has a bit of a little bit of a speech impediment. So the students sort of are warm to him very, very well, yes. Uh, he's a lovely chap. Um, just looking back at your time with Masked, can you, is there one main achievement out of it? Do you think that you could sort of tick the box and say, yes, I'm so proud of that? Uh, I guess the biggest achievement for me is watching students and the transformation for students. To see some learners in the class who are a little bit resistant or a little bit hesitant or, or lacking confidence 
to see the journey that they have with Cyril or the, or the characters from week one through to, you know, the end of term and you've just watched that growth and the confidence that they have to work with these characters. Um, so I guess that's my biggest reward. I've had some amazing accolades as a result of this. Um, for example, you know, being um, awarded Australian Learning Teaching Citations, um, the Simulation Achievement Award, um, Australasian Simulation Achievement Award, various awards, um, there are many actually, and that's been very um, affirming for me. But it also has given me some monetary gain where I can continue to develop and build on further resources. So I guess, um, yeah, that's great. Affirmation from peers has been wonderful. The connections with other universities, running workshops to see people so engaged and excited about what they then can do for their own learners. And ultimately, as I say, when it comes around patient care, that this has the ability to really prepare learners for some of the most difficult aspects of patient care. One of the questions we're posing um, our people with the the podcast is to find something quirky. I think we've found it, but is there anything else about Kerry that we might not know? Oh, yes, there's lots about Kerry that you don't know. Um, Cyril always said that Kerry's a bit loopy and uh, in the friendliest of ways. Um, I guess I am a little bit of an extrovert in terms of... Well, actually, I'm an introvert, but I'm... uh, I like, I like to be creative. So people in a conversation with me often have three or four different things happening at the same time, trying to pin me down for five minutes. Sit, Kerry, sit. My children say, Mom, focus, focus. Um, I guess there's some outdoor activities that I really enjoy. I love, I love sea kayaking. I'm passionate about sea kayaking. I've taken up the ukulele, which is a whole heap of fun. And most recently, I've joined a gospel choir. So there you go. Awesome. <laughs> Can you sing us a tune? Oh, no, 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 no. And uh, I'm, I'm a mad potter as well. I love pottery, so anything creative. Um, but I have three absolutely fabulous children that have um, worked this, walked this whole journey with me with this very unpredictable mother um, that is not really uh, probably the regular mum and they just continue to embrace the difference, which is fantastic. And they're, they're great, as I say, they're great kids that have often looked and watch mum put on a man's suit or a female's suit and turned into somebody else and think, where is she going now? <laughs> Looking ahead into the future, where do you see yourself in, say, 10 years um, or and your mask ed and pup ed programs? Well, I'd love to see mask ed and... I guess in 10 years, believe it or not, I still see myself... Um, Siki University. Uh, I'm incredibly loyal to this organisation. It's an organisation that has allowed me to be different and has allowed me to take risks um, with that support behind me. So it, it's a fabulous place to work. Um, I still like would like to see myself engage with students. Um, I see uh, the opportunity of a simulation centre that really makes a difference um, for many other universities as well that we can be platforms for teaching into other universities and spreading the word um where else do i see 10 years i i'm hoping that MaskEd will be um a an approach in simulation that is being embraced more and more 
uh, that it ultimately has impact on patient care and patient safety with graduates remembering what's occurred for them inside class, the safety net of classroom spaces. And I hope there's going to be somebody that carries it on, that there'll be people. And I, I, I strongly believe there are already people that are passionate about it. We're recruiting higher degree students now who are researching in this space. And we've had uh, several people who have taken Masked on in other universities who are now receiving teaching awards for their work inside Masked with their own learners. So I just see it spreading. And to me, that's... I died tomorrow I know that perhaps there's something that I've left behind that might make a difference for both learners and as I say the outcomes for patient safety and care. Mm-hmm.